0: amazing. Praise God. Wow, this is just incredible. I am so glad all of you are here. I am so appreciative that you have come to church. Let me tell you why church is important. Then we're going to get to our sermon. I know I'm preaching three sermons here, it seems like. Some of you have children who don't go to church. When you come to church, grandmas and grandpas, when you come to church, you are modeling what it means to come to church, and they watch that. They see that. So you being here sets an example, amen. It sets an example. So you being here, even though your children may not coming, I want you to trust and believe that God sees your faithfulness. God sees your faithfulness, and He's going to reward that. Okay. I want to tell you that God is going to reward your faithfulness. So thank you for being here today. I believe that God's going to send us a revival like we've never seen in these final days. Amen. Amen. Let's go into our sermon. I want to talk about. Deliverance has come. Now, you would think that I would be talking about Jesus in the sense of the birth and of Jesus and the stable and all that. But I'm actually going to go a little bit different direction this month because there's some things that are heavy on my heart today. And what's heavy on my heart is the church as a whole needs to change. Now, hear me out, hear me out, because you're thinking, oh man, here we go. Hear me out. Our mindset over the past, however, how many years the church has been in existence, over the past 50 years, as far as the contemporary church, has been, I'm going to come to church, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to get ministered to, then I'm going to go home, and I'm either going to go out to eat, or I'm going to go somewhere else. And that that mentality has to change if the church is going to fulfill the mission of God. Because nowhere in scripture does it say do that. You know what scripture says? It says go. It says go. Go is an action verb. Sit. Well, sit is an action, but then we become a non-action, don't we? We need to go. Go there is a world out there that needs the touch from God. Amen. There is a world out there that needs the Lord. There is a world out there that needs to hear the message of the gospel. And a lot of times it can't come from me. My job is to build you up so that you can be that mouthpiece. Did you know that? My job is to build you up in the word of God, to build you up in his grace so that you can speak to those that you know, that, so that you can be that testimony, you can be that example, that you can show them the love of God. Listen, I've never seen where a pastor brings in people to church and it work out. What I have seen is when friends and family say, come with me to the house of God, and they come because they know somebody. They know somebody. and see, some of you know what I'm talking about. You see what I'm talking about. When we come into the house of God, we want someone that we know and that we're comfortable with. And God is speaking to us today. It is time to build up the house of God. It is time to reach the house of God. It is time to show people that we love them. Amen. We have got to show this town that deliverance has come. Amen. We've got to show this town more than ever because I don't know if you notice or not, there's a little bit of an air of depression in the town today. There's a little bit of air of discouragement in the town today. Most people thought we would be past COVID, but here we have this additional variant coming now called Omicron, and we're all worried about Omicron. Well, let me tell you something. I saw this and I thought it was awesome. I'm not worried about an Omicron because I know an Alpha and Omega, and we're fine. Amen? Amen. We're fine. Listen, I don't care if that thing kills me because if I, if I die, i go see Jesus. Amen? I'm not worried about all that. And you shouldn't be worried about either if you know Jesus. But it is time for the house of God to stop focusing on their own problems and minister to those who need it. We need to reach out. We need to love. We need to be there for people. And there's a lot of hurting people here this morning. There's a lot more hurting people out there this morning. They need to hear the word of God. Let me tell you how important you are, okay? This is what Jesus says in 1 Peter. But you, but you, I want you to look at yourself and say, me. Can you do that? Point it at yourself like this. Me, me, I am, I am a chosen generation. Now, let me, let me stop here for a moment because I want you to hear me. You were chosen like Esther for a time like this. You were chosen to live right now. You weren't born 100 years ago. You weren't born 200 years ago. You were chosen to live right now. God looked through history and said, I want them alive right now. So he has chosen you to live in this time, okay? I want you to know that. And if God thinks that you're qualified to do it, then that means something. Amen. Listen, I can say all day long you can do it, but if God says you can do it, then that's what matters. We need to listen to him. Amen. It says, but you are a chosen generation. Then he goes a little bit further, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim, praise God. I feel the Lord this morning that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In other words, brothers and sisters, you've been called out of the darkness, and now you are walking in the light. Praise God. Come on now. Come on. Let's worship the Lord. We're no longer walking in darkness. problem is, is a lot of us keep looking back at the darkness like we belong. Come on now. He called you out of darkness. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing me this morning? He called you out of darkness. He called you out of darkness. Amen. See, this time of year, we're getting to the shortest time as far as sunlight here in Alaska. And I love when I go into my home and I flip on those lights. When it's dark, I flip on the lights, right? Right. It means something. That means I'm not going to stump my toe or I'm not going to hurt myself because there's light in the room. Brothers and sisters, He has called you out of darkness and into not just a light, that marvelous light. Amen. This morning we're going to talk about Moses because I want you to understand that, like us, Moses was a reluctant prophet, Moses was a reluctant servant of the Lord. Let me go back a little bit of history. In Exodus chapter one, Jesus, or the, the scripture talks about how the Hebrews were down in Egypt after Joseph. He had taken them down to Egypt to take care of them and they were growing and they were growing, but there arose a new Pharaoh who did not know Joseph and he enslaved the Egyptian or excuse me, the Hebrews. He put them as slaves. Now that's a pretty serious thing is to put them as slaves, right? He, he put them as slaves and it says, you have to serve us now. Now, in scripture, Egypt represents sin. Egypt represents an unholy lifestyle. And brothers and sisters, I want you to know today, just like the Hebrews in Exodus chapter 1, a lot of our people here in the town, they've been enslaved by sin. Come on now. They, they, I hear people, I even communicating with somebody uh, last week, they says, I want to clean myself up before I go to church. That is a lie of the devil. You can't do it. You cannot clean yourself up before you go to church. And I don't know where people get this idea that you can only come to church if you're right and you're holy. Let me tell you something. We want you messed up. We want you all, you know, all... Configured wrong because you need to be in the house of God, Amen. I don't care how sick you are. I don't care how sinful you are. That's why there's a house of God. I got to share something with you. There's somebody that my wife and I know, and they were they were we were kind of sharing how our church is, is that we're reaching out to people, and they said, "Wow, that person goes to your church. I I know who they are." And they lived a life that wasn't good. And we're like, exactly. Exactly. Yes. That's why they're supposed to be here. Amen. That's why you're here in the house of God. But there's a world out there right now in Juneau. And some of your sons and daughters and grandchildren, they're not living their life because they are bound by sin. Amen. They are bound by sin. I want you to know that we need to change that. I want you to know that they became bound by sin, the Israelites did, because they worshiped other gods. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 13, it says this Now therefore, for the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Brothers and sisters, they were in bondage because they served other gods. If you serve other gods, the gods of lust, the gods of money, the gods of pride, the gods of rebellion, if you serve those gods, you will be bound by sin. But the God says, serve the Lord. And don't just serve him. Serve him with sincerity. You know what that means, sincerity? That means with your whole heart. Amen. Amen? That means serve him with your whole heart. But pastor, I, I'm embarrassed to come to church because there's things that I do. The things that you do is why you need to be in church. Ooh, come on now. Come on now. I'm not here to judge you for the things that you do. I'm here to judge you for the things that you need to do, amen? Listen, I want you to serve God. And, and, and it's amazing when you start serving God that the things that you do that you don't want to do, all of a sudden you stop doing them, amen? Because you want to serve the Lord. You want to serve the Lord, amen? Listen, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be perfect. We're all going to mess up from time to time. We're all going to do things that we shouldn't do, but oh, the grace of God. Oh, the grace of God. And that's what we need, people of this church and people of churches in America, to quit coming to church, looking for something that is about them, and realize it's about the people out there that need the grace of God, amen? They need the Lord. I purposely don't do programs. I mean, there's things that we have, but I do do programs because if people come to church because of programs, you're here for the wrong reason. We don't have the flashing lights. We don't have the smoke. Wouldn't it be cool, though, if there was like a smoke machine and I came out? Hi, I'm Pastor. Some trumpets announcing me. (laughs) Have a guy on the announcer right now, Pastor Green. I'll get Mike to do it, he's got a nice bass voice, right? Of course, he'd look back and say, What was I supposed to say? I don't remember. (laughs) Listen, I don't care about any of that stuff, right? We don't need smoke, we don't need dark lights. What we need is the Spirit of God, right? We need the Spirit of God, right? I don't care that our singers aren't perfect, right? Well, I like to go to a church where I, I love the music. Well, listen, that, we're not here to worship you. We're here to worship God. Okay? Listen, the music isn't about you. It's about lifting up His name. Listen, and that's the, that's the attitude we need. To, we need to serve God with sincerity. We need to serve God with passion. We need to serve God with just love. You say, "Well, Pastor, I'm tired." And I get that. We're all tired. I'm tired of this virus. I'm tired of wearing a mask. We're on the plane up to Anchorage. I'm having to wear the mask the whole time. I took two extra minutes after putting something into my mouth one time on the plane. I took two extra minutes. I put something in my mouth and the flight attendant comes up to me and says, put on your mask. And I looked at her and I said, calm down. She got out her taser and I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> that didn't happen. But man, they get uptight about that, right? And I'm thinking, oh yeah, a mask is going to help when I'm playing with all these people. Okay, whatever. Right? And I'm not trying to get political. I'm just being funny. Right? And, and I get tired of wearing a mask. I get tired of restrictions. I get tired of, you know, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. But I tell you what I never get tired of. I never get tired of coming to the house of God. Amen? I never get tired of coming to the house of God and worshiping the Lord. I never get tired of lifting up His holy name. I never get tired. And see, a lot of times people get tired of, they say they're burnt out from coming to church, and let me tell you, brother and sister, if you're burnt out from coming to church, I question what are you doing? Is church supposed to be about you? Or is it about him? It's about him. Amen? And we, we have become this reluctant prophet like Moses did. Because see, Moses, Moses knew that God had called him because he was, when the new Pharaoh came on, the new Pharaoh was afraid of all the Hebrew children. And he commanded that all children under a certain age be tossed into the river and to be eaten by the crocodiles and the alligators. I guess crocodiles. I don't know which one it was. What a horrible thing to go through. But Moses' mother, the woman of God that she did, she, she protected her son. And you know the story. She put him in the basket and the, I believe it was the daughter of the sister of Pharaoh. I don't remember which one it was. She rescued Moses knowing that he was a Hebrew. And so Moses was raised in the castle. He was raised rich. Everything that he could ever want. All he had to do was snap his fingers and somebody would bring it to you. Wouldn't that be awesome? How many men in the first year of marriage snapped at their wives to bring something to them? How many got their fingers broken like me? No, she didn't break my fingers. (laughs) Listen, everything he wanted. He lived an opulent lifestyle. He, He could just relax. You know, you see the pictures of the grapes hanging over in their mouth and all that. That was Moses. But you know something about Moses? The Bible says he knew something was wrong. The Bible says Moses couldn't be at peace because he knew that he was a Hebrew. He, if you watch the movies, they, they they make it seem like Moses just found out one day. Like, oh my goodness, I'm a Hebrew. No, Moses knew from the beginning that he was not Egyptian. He knew that he didn't belong there. Just like, oh man, I, do you guys see the correlation here where I'm going? We know that we don't belong to this world. We know something is wrong. We feel a, 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 like something in our soul. Praise God. We feel something that, something's not right. We feel like, man, I don't know what it is, but I don't like this. I don't like this sin, but yeah, we're in the world, aren't we? And Moses knew something was wrong. He knew that that wasn't where he was supposed to be. As a matter of fact, it says in Hebrews, Hebrews 11, chapter 24 through 26, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter, it was his daughter. Brothers and sisters, we need to refuse to be called people of this world. We need to refuse to be called anything but the children of God. Amen. <laughs> Choosing rather to be blessed beyond recognition and have everything that he wanted and live a life of claimant, claimant, whatever he wanted, God would provide even a Mercedes Benz. You've heard that preached, haven't you? If I just say it, I'll get it. There's nowhere in scripture that it says that. Moses, when he rejected the world, he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. See, sin is fun, right? We're not supposed to say that as pastors, but sin is fun. But it's a passing pleasure. It's not going to last, and it brings shame, and it brings regret, and Moses understood that, and he says in verse 26, sorry, I can't read, esteeming the approach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Mm -hmm. See, Moses knew that something was wrong, but see, Moses, Moses had a lot of pride And he does what a lot of Christians do is he decided to handle the situation himself. He says, I am going to free my people. I am going to do this. You know what happened? He saw two Hebrews fighting. Actually, I'm sorry. Let me back up. He saw a, an Egyptian slave owner beating a Hebrew and he killed the Egyptian, killed him. That's pretty impressive. He probably felt pretty good about himself. I have freed my brother. The next day he sees two Hebrews fighting and they looked at him and says, what are you going to do? Are you going to kill us now? And he realized that this is going to be known by the Pharaoh. And so he fled from the Pharaoh. He knew he was in trouble. And so he fled and he ran away. And this man that was called to be a deliverer of God ran away. Can I tell you that's what happens in the church every day? People get this passion for serving Christ, and they do things on their own, and they get hurt. Come on. They get hurt. Do you know why you get hurt? I'm going to say it here. You ready? Because you were doing it on your terms, not on God's terms. You're doing it because you want to, not because God wants you to. We get hurt because we make it about ourselves. Now, I want you to know, I say this with a heavy heart because I've been hurt numerous times by people in the church. Not just as pastor, but just as a person going to church and say was, somebody would say something to me and I'd cry about it for days. It'd upset me. And, and uh, that's just the devil's way of getting you out of church. And I know that we are a sensitive people. Is anybody in our sensitive? Come on, you can raise your hand if you're sensitive. I'm super sensitive, amen? I'm super sensitive. If you you say something to me, I may look at you and smile, but I'm going to go home and be upset about it, right? And we get hurt in church, and the devil uses that against us, and he tries to tell us that we don't belong in church when this is exactly where we belong. You belong in the house of God, amen? You belong in the house of God. I I want you to be here in the house of God because this is where the devil doesn't want you. But we get hurt and we run away. There's so many people today. There's so many people today that are not serving God. And they're home today. They're on the backside of a desert like Moses was. Because of pride in their heart. Amen? Amen? So Moses out there watching sheep one day. Because that's what he became, as a shepherd. Now by the way, I want to say this to you. To an Egyptian, a shepherd was an abomination. So for Moses to, to go from being a prince of Egypt to a shepherd was humiliating. Sometimes we need a dose of humbleness in the house of God, don't we? We need a dose of humbleness in the house of God. Sometimes we need a dose of humbleness ourselves. So he's on the backside of a dozen. He'd done this for 40 years. Now, Moses probably thought that God forgot about him, Right? He probably he he he. Remember, he felt this passion to serve God, and it didn't work out. And so he fled, and he says, "God's probably done forgot about me." But all the time, God was working in his life, preparing him preparing Him, humbling Him. Praise God. I want to tell you this morning, I want to share this with you. I want you to hear my heart. If you've been through stuff, if you've been hurt, if you're going through things, and I speak to the people on Facebook as well, if you've been through something, God has been preparing your life. He's been preparing your heart. He's been working in you. He's been cultivating you. He's been doing things for you. Don't give up. Praise God. Don't give up. Don't give up. Please don't give up. Moses sitting there watching his sheep and he sees a, a bush that was on fire, but the bush wasn't burning. That'd be pretty amazing, wouldn't it? The here in Southeast Alaska with all these woods, if we saw something burning in the woods, it would cause a little bit of commotion, wouldn't it? Right? But he saw something burning. And so, you know, the story, he walked up there and God spoke to him and he says, Moses, I'm, and I'm paraphrasing here for sake of time, okay? So just bear with me. Moses said, or God said to Moses, I am the Lord. I'm calling you. I'm calling you to go release my people. I'm calling you to take my message back to Egypt and deliver my people from bondage. If there's a word in my heart right now, if there's a word in my heart God is speaking to the church right now and says I am calling you to go release my people God has people that he has chosen out in this world that are still living in the world and they need to just hear the word Jesus loves you they just need to hear the word God cares for you you don't know How many on the verge of suicide? You don't know how many on the verge of losing everything. You don't know what they're going through. You may never know what they're going through. But let me tell you, they need to hear that God loves them. They need to hear that God loves them. They need to hear that Jesus cares for them. And God has sent you into their life to be the one. To be the one. Man, is anybody else with the spirit of God here this morning? Amen. I'm telling you, God has sent you. God has sent you. He has called you. And, and, then, and then Moses starts to have a discussion with the Lord. And, and I'm going I'm to go real fast here. So I'm not going to have time to go over the scripture because I'm running short. But I'm going to give you some key points here. You know the story, so I don't have to go into detail on it. Moses said, well, well I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And God said, what's in your hand? See, the shepherd had a staff. You know what that staff was for? It was done for a couple of things. It was done so he could pull sheep in who were maybe getting astray. It was also meant to correct the sheep. It was done for a lot of things. It was meant to lean on when you needed it. And, and in the story with Moses and God, God takes that staff and he turns it into a snake and then he turns it back into a staff and he says, use, basically the premise of the story is use what I've given you. A lot of times we make excuses we're not serving God because say, when well, we're not equipped. We don't know what to say. And even Moses, Moses said, I'm a stutterer. Did you know that Moses was a stutterer and God called him to be a mouthpiece? God has given you Something. Use what he's given you. All right? You don't have to be a fantastic speaker. You don't have to know Scripture inside and out. Now, I would encourage you to know Scripture, but you don't have to know all those things. And if they try to argue with you, you say, look, I'm not here to argue with you. I can only tell you what I've been through. Give your testimony. Praise God. Give your testimony. Amen? Say, listen. Listen. You can tell me all day long the Bible doesn't matter or that it's messed up, but let me tell you what God did for me. God took me out of sin. He put me on the right path. He took me out of the miry cave. I was going down the wrong path, and he turned my life around. I maybe don't understand it, and I never will, but praise God, he did something in me. He did something in me. Everybody counted me out. Everybody told me that I was going to die. Everybody told me that I was no good. But my father looked at me and said, you are good. You are a chosen generation. I have chosen you. I have chosen you. I handpicked you, praise God. He chose us. I remember when I was young, I used to play basketball a lot. And because I was short, I was always the last one chosen. And then they saw me play, and they didn't pick me at all. I could dunk a ball if the goal was four foot tall. I was always the last one chosen. And see, some of you remember that. But with God, you were the first one chosen. God chose you. Everyone in this room today, God chose you. God chose you. I want you to understand today and I want you to hear me with all my heart. God is calling you. But will you answer the call? The Bible says, many are called, but few are chosen. Do you know why that is? Because very few respond to the call. And and I'm trying by the help of the Spirit of God I'm trying to light a fire under you today. Not to burn you, but to motivate you. Amen. Because the church has to be more than a checkoff point. The church has to be more than a check-in point. The church needs to be a mobile army that goes out and fights the enemy wherever it may be. Amen? We need to be a Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled, talking, hand, or hand raising, God worshiping, God fearing people who are not afraid to confront the enemy on his terms. Because God has called you. God has called you. I want to say that again and again and again and again and again. God has called you. Are you hearing me? Everybody in this room, you have family that's not saved, right? then we need to be on our knees fight, praying for them. We need to tell them every day. Amen? But well, Pastor, they're tired of listening to me. You know how you do it? Invite them over for dinner. See, you invite me over for dinner, I'm coming because there's food involved. Right? I know you look at me and say, Pastor, you're super skinny. Where does the food go? Why are you laughing? I don't get that. Invite them over for dinner, and then while they're there at dinner, you're, they, they're captive to you. Hey, let me tell you what Jesus did for me today. He woke me up. He blessed me. He brought me to your mind, and I'm thankful for you because you're a great son, daughter, grandchild. Let me tell you what God is doing in your life. I just want to bless you. Listen, we need to start judging our kids and, and pointing out all their faults. Can we just love on them and tell them that they're doing good? Amen? Can we do that? I'm not... I'm not talking about correction because we need to correct our kids, right? But I'm talking about loving them, them, encouraging them and affirming them and letting them know, hey, you're doing good. You're going to make it. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm pr-. You know what the teens on Friday night love for me to do? I come up to them and tell them dad jokes, first of all. They love the dad jokes. But second of all, I just affirm them. I say, hey, I'm proud of you. You're here today. You're being an example. You're going to a school that is against God, but yet you're still called God your God. Amen? Amen. We need to love on our kids. We need to love on our family. We need to stop telling them that they're no good. We need to stop telling them that they don't, they're not worth our time. They are worth our time, amen? amen. They're worth our time. They're worth everything that we have. And if it bankrupts this church, we need to reach out to the world. Amen. But you see, it never will bankrupt this church because my God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. All right. Can you tell them I'm on fire today? Can you tell them I'm on fire today? Listen, we need to start having all, little churches all over Juneau, Alaska, because there's not a room, enough room in this church. We, need, we don't need to go to two services. We need to have, to have churches downtown. We need to have groups downtown. We need leaders to rise up and say, Pastor, I'll lead a group, and I'm going to lead them, and I'm going to show them the way. We need people to stop coming to church. We need the people to be the church. Amen? We need men and women of God to say, I have a heart. I have a burden for the city. Oh, yeah most of all, like Moses, we need to stop making excuses. See, Moses, when he talked about himself stuttering, stuttering is a devastating disability. Because if you've ever been around someone who stutters, they, they, they have it in their mind what they want to say, but they can't verbalize it. And they get frustrated. And the people listening to them get frustrated. And it causes the person who stutters to be extremely self-conscious. You know what? This is, I really want you to hear this because this is pretty awesome. Moses complained to God, says, God, I'm a stutter. I'm slow of speech. And that means he had to slow down what he said to be understood. I can't do it. You know what God said? God said, Who do you think made your mouth? Who do you think designed your mouth? And I'm paraphrasing here, it says, Don't you think I can take care of that? And finally, God just got frustrated and says, Call your brother Aaron, he'll talk for you. You know what's interesting though? If you read in Exodus, there was one time, I believe, that Aaron actually spoke. The rest of the time, Moses spoke. Because the Bible says, Moses said, right? Moses said. It wasn't Aaron said, Moses said. Sometimes we don't serve the Lord because we have all kinds of excuses. God can heal that excuse. Amen. Well, pastor, I'm I'm not an extrovert. I'm I'm not an introvert. Listen, I think all those terms don't matter. They're silly. I just think... I mean, I realize people are outgoing or, 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 or they're maybe not outgoing. I, I, I completely understand that. But people need to stop having labels put on their life, okay? Listen, the only label you need on your life is Christian. That's all you need to worry about, okay? And if you have a deficiency, God will take care of your deficiency. Amen. Some weeks ago, you remember, I had, actually it was last year, I had Bell's palsy on this side of my face. And it was embarrassing because I looked like a gangster right? I'd walk around like this, and I'd try to talk, and I couldn't talk, but I still preached anyway. And I thought I was done with it. It cleared up after about six weeks, and I was happy. I was like, praise God, I'm done with it. Well, about right after I turned 51, so maybe 51 is the magic age. Watch out, Will. I turned 51, and then I got Bell's palsy on this side of my face. You know what the doctor told me? He goes, that's weird. And that's not what you want to hear from your doctor. (laughs) He says only 0.3% of people get that. And again, that's not what you want to hear from your doctor. I don't know if that number is correct. I just, it sounded close. And so for the longest time, my face was drooping. My my eyes still drooping. You can probably see it. I like how this weird eye looking at people. And I became very self-conscious about it couldn't talk. I was trying to say words. But you know, nobody here when I preached, come up to me afterwards and said, pastor, we can understand you. You need to get somebody else. Nobody did that. Now you may have thought it. I don't know. But you know what God taught me through all of this? I'm going to cry again. He taught me, preach the word no matter how you feel no matter what you're going through preach the word yeah. i still have the effects of the bells palsy my eye still doesn't work there's sometimes tears are running down my face i don't even know why because my eye ducts don't work correctly and it's just i'll be honest it's embarrassing to have this because people look at you like you're weird but none of those things matter because god told me to preach the word the same god who created me can heal my body. And He is healing it. It's a gradual process, but He is healing me. And I say these things to you. I say these things to you. Because some of you here today are not serving the Lord because of how you feel about who you are. And let me tell you, God can use that for His kingdom. God can use that. You know what you have to be? You ready? Does that get comfortable here? You ready? You know what you have to be? Willing. You got to be willing. You got to be willing. And a lot of people come to me after sermons like this. Well, pastor, what can I do? And I'm not going to tell you because that's not my job. God will tell you. You come to me, and I'll confirm it. Together, we'll confirm it, okay? Amen. But God will tell you what to do. It's not my job to assign duties. Did you know that? That's not in my job description by God. My God. God told me to preach the Word. He didn't tell me to assign job duties. Some of you may come up to me and say, Pastor, I feel led to help in Children's Church. Praise God, go. Amen. Some of you may come up to me and say, Pastor, I feel led to drive the van. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Pastor, I feel led to do this. Praise God. Pastor, I feel led to give you money. Praise God. That one didn't get as much praise God. You guys with me this morning? You understand what I'm saying? My job today is to let you know. is to let you know that nothing can hold you back from serving him if you let him. Nothing can hold you back. But you got to be willing you got to be willing. I want to share one more verse with you. Man, you're such a great church. I love this church. My wife and I were talking about this weekend. We were some other ministers, and we were bragging about you, telling them how awesome you are. We're Talking about how we're about ready to put some more carpet into the church. And by the way, if you haven't had a chance to look, we have some carpet samples up here I want you to look at. We're going to be voting on it. It's not going to be a formal business meeting. We're just going to talk about what carpet we want to use. And we're going to put all new carpet in here. We're going to change the design of the back of the stage, and it's just going to look, it's going to look great. And, and remember how we bought new chairs and how awesome that, did anybody remember the old yellow pews? Yeah, aren't these chairs more comfortable? Amen? Amen. Oh, yeah. So change, although difficult, change can be good. We're going to put new carpet in, and we're going to put carpet squares in, that way if something gets messed up, we can, we can replace it. So I would encourage you to look at these carpet samples, but this costs money. We're also going to, do the entire downstairs. We're going to put tile downstairs. So that's not going to be just basement anymore. It's actually going to be flooring down there. We're going to put all new carpet in the classrooms. We're going to do that. Well, hopefully by the end of the year, we're going to make some of that happen. We have to order the carpet. But brothers and sisters, when you're a part of something, when you're a part of something, you get involved. You join yourself to it. And I want you to know that God has calls you to do it. Now let me give you this last scripture as they put on some music for me. I appreciate our sound department, media department. You'll be able to watch these sermons online Tuesday, podcasts or on YouTube. Let me give you this final scripture. This is what the Lord said to Moses. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore, go. Man, that's the word of the church this morning. Go. I want you to say it to yourself. Go. 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 Go now therefore go, and not only tells us to go, but then he says this, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what to say. See that thing that's keeping you from serving God because you're embarrassed of it? God says, not only would I be with you, but I'm going to teach you how to use it. Would you stand with me, please? I don't want anybody to raise their hand because this is going to be between you and God right now. It's going to be between you and God. Are you willing? Are you willing to tell one person, two people, five people this week that God loves them? And it can't be somebody in this church. Okay. Are you willing to say that? Don't, Don't tell me. Tell God. Because it's not about me, it's about Him. Are you willing to tell someone that God loves them? Are you willing then to listen to them, to hear them out? Are you willing to share the gospel? Even if you don't know the gospel, are you willing to share the gospel? Let me tell you what the gospel is. Jesus died, or excuse me, let me start from the beginning. Jesus was born of a virgin. He died on the cross, perfect, and he rose again on the third day. That's the gospel. That's it. Amen. We need to minister to our families in these last days. Next week, we're going to learn about how Moses took this, and by being used of God, he delivered a whole nation. How many are hurting right now for their family? God has called you to deliver your family. Amen? Amen? Now I want everybody to close their eyes. I'm going to ask this question every day. Is there anybody here that you have not given your heart to Jesus? Or maybe you need to recommit to him. We had 15 people last week. Recommit to him or give their heart to Jesus. About seven of them were new for the first time. I'm going to ask you this question. If you need to give your heart to Jesus, if you need to recommit to him, I just simply want you to raise your hand and I want to pray with you. Is there anybody here today? I see one. Is there anybody else? I see two. I see three, four, five, six, seven. Anybody Anybody else? Brothers and sisters, when you preach the cross, the cross, people come to it. Anybody else? You can put your hands down. Is there anybody else that you just need Jesus in your life? Listen, Jesus is coming back. Now's the time to get right with him, okay? Now's the time to get right with him. Is there anybody else? I want everybody to pray with me. We're gonna pray the sinner's prayers. The sinner's prayer in the Bible? Absolutely not. But the sinner's prayer helps us to put things into perspective. Just like you teach a baby to talk, we're gonna pray the sinner's prayer. And I want everybody to do it, okay? Because even though maybe one person or seven people are getting saved, we're gonna let that person know that we're behind them or we're gonna lift them up, okay? All right, pray this with me. Repeat after me Jesus, come into my heart. I believe in you. I confess your name with all my heart. You are my Savior. I will serve you with sincerity, with joy. I love you, God. I believe that you have saved me. You have saved me. In your name, amen. Praise God. Seven people recommitted or gave themselves to the Lord this morning. Now listen. That is 22 people over the last two Sundays. 22 people. 22 people. God's doing Thank you life. for listening Church to God. our service. Amen. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.